what's good people um before i start this just don't mind my voice i'm going through like a cold and a cough thing so my voice may be a little bit off i just wanted to give you guys like a brief overview or history lesson um doing this research for uh, my next podcast which is gonna be on hip-hop and misogyny in hip-hop uh, so let's just start at the beginning like what does hip-hop even mean itself so hip-hop means conscious movement the hip is to know you know if, if you're hip to the culture then you know about the culture and then hop that's movement so when you put them both together hip-hop means conscious movement now, before I continue, the best person I can think of for you to get like um, the best description of hip hop as uh, as a whole, then you need to listen to Keres One. Just go on YouTube, type it up, Keres One, 40 years of hip hop. Now, in that video, he describes a lot of things I'm going to talk about in a more succinct succinct how do you say that word succinct succinct anyways yeah um yeah he describes it in a much more informed way but i'm just gonna give a brief overview on it so uh this this guy called africa bambata created a collective known as the zulu nation it was like a hip-hop collective and he outlines uh, the main pillars of understanding hip-hop musically now there's nine elements but he he outlines four distinct ones which are rapping djing breakdancing and graffiti now the other elements include street knowledge uh, beatboxing also just knowledge of the hip-hop movement itself uh, hip-hop language and also hip-hop fashion and style and as we can see hip-hop fashion and style have had like a huge huge impact on the world like you can see it everywhere around the world now in the beginning hip-hops hip-hop had a very very conscious and spiritual spiritual what do i say spiritual movement or spiritual goal or spiritual um let's just say they had good intentions in the beginning because they had a golden rule as well which was peace love unity and having fun this also included calling women queens and calling men kings okay now a subset of hip-hop is the rapping so through rapping men men of color found like a platform to challenge institutional racism and also at the same time reclaim their manhood now in the late 1980s rap became mainstream and because of this uh, it led to like a shift in the hip-hop culture 
and this shift followed like uh, the glorification and also the normalization of not only homophobia but also women trashing and of course this this was more evident in gangster rap which became a very popular genre of music and gangster rap tried to define it tried to define black manhood as as being like you know as being a thug you know living the thug life and treating women like sex objects and also being rich and dominating other men of course now gangster rap like you can see on a whole gangster rap is is it's complicated it's of course it's negative and actually i found like when i've as i've been researching for this podcast as well on this particular topic like i've spoken to some girls about this as well some black girls about this and i've i can see where i'm biased when judging gangster rap because I used to listen to a lot of gangster rap music and you know it's included NWA, uh, Tupac, you know them glory hip-hop days, but them glory rap days should I say. But yeah so gangster rap tried to define black manhood in that way and like where did this come from? Uh, you can say like this was a result of like a lot of environmental factors like the I think the crack endemic was was causing havoc in the black community in those times and also was gang prison culture as well and also the glorification of um, fictional figures like Tony Montana and all these gangster gangster outlaws um And that 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 definitely contributed to to gangster rap emerging as a popular genre. Now f- there there are some key figures in the gangster rap, the gangster rap subsection of hip hop. This includes the former gang member Ice T, who in one of his uh, projects Six in the Morning. Uh, he used that project to call out systemic gang violence and also police brutality in the inner cities. Uh, we also have NWA, uh, straight out of Compton. And interestingly, that was the first, I think that was the first instance where the N word was used as a term of endearment. Um, they are, of course, their their famous single "F the Police." You can see in that one that they they were expressing they were expressing the resentment that the black community had towards police brutality and harassment as well. So from the history 
we can see that rap music was used by Latino and black men to voice their protest against systemic racism and also just the just to fight against the white supremacist structure that they lived in now as they fought more for their freedom i think we can see that there was a shift after rap was becoming more mainstream and as a contrast from hip-hop's original golden rule of you know peace love unity calling men kings and calling women queens there was a drastic shift and now uh, what it meant to be a, a real G a real gangster rapper was to make sure you're calling women B's and H's I'm trying not to swear you know you never know I might get sponsored and sh- sugar <laughs> <coughs> Anyway, right, so you can see that there was a shift and, you know, these rappers started, started uh, swearing more, and started calling women these derogatory terms. Uh, also, just like as a way to, to kind of uh, either secure or to, to... What's the word am I looking for? To to show their masculinity or to affirm their masculinity. That's the word I was looking for. To affirm their masculinity, they they had to do all these things. Now, again, like obviously, this is not to justify these actions, but. I think it's interesting to note that gangster rappers were not the first ones to show homophobia in rap culture. Um, I'm not really familiar with the Beastie Boys, but I've heard of them. But apparently, they're licensed to ill in 1986, was originally named Don't Be a F Word. And that F word rhymes with maggot or maggot. You know what I'm talking about. And then Will Smith. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta come for you, Will Smith. You and your damn entanglements. Anyways, in, uh, in 1988, uh, in his The DJ, in He Is The DJ and I'm The Rapper project, my guy Will Smith says, all the homie, all the homeboys that got that got AIDS be quiet. I don't know about you, but that sounds very homophobic to me. But we're yet, I don't think anyone's gonna cancel Will Smith just yet. So, so what else? Okay, so another famous example was Professor Griff, who was exiled from the group public enemy because he was he or i think he still is as well he he was unapologetically homophobic like he's just like nah none of that none of that but yeah so let's bring it back to let's bring it back to misogyny and again we have to understand that these rappers come from a lineage of men trying to deny their insecurities in order to regain and 
reaffirm their masculinity by overusing these misogynistic narratives as what as a mechanism to validate their manhood now now what now let's 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 keep going so again so men the rap gangster rap was becoming a lot more mainstream and in 1996 the telecom act was passed now this 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 allowed anyone to enter any communications business and compete in the market against anyone so what what did this mean for rap music and the image of gangster rappers so what this meant was larger media corporations which were mostly white owned outnumbered any black radio stations so what did this lead to let me let me just let me just drop this word salad on you so the commodification and the commercialization of rap music or rap culture completely reshaped the rap consciousness again this is like again this is starting with the, the homophobia and the misogyny that was introduced into it right so now uh, because of this um blackness was again represented by these record labels as predatory behavior hypersexuality hypermasculinity and you know this image gang mentality of being you know rich you know watches bling 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 all of that <coughs> excuse me and so because of this rappers were rappers were pressured into meeting this this image that the labels portrayed so if the rappers wanted a record deal they would have to kind of fit into this image that they've these these large corporations have been selling or have been marketing to everyone else now these like these these images that the record labels were putting out there like they've also added to how black people have been viewed on a societal level and you can you can see this in how people just talk about like when they think about black people they think about hip-hop they think about rap music they think about gangster rap music sometimes as well now let's look at some examples. So, ah, oh, this is this is this one's, and I, I'm actually surprised people don't talk about this more. But Nelly, our boy Nelly, owns a, a drink called Pimp Juice, and if you guys remember, in his music video Tip Drill, what does my guy say? He says, "It must be your ass, cause it ain't your face." I mean, I don't know how how much more misogynistic that gets but and he's saying this while sliding a credit card a credit card down a woman's uh um what's this a gluteus maximus's her buttocks yeah and actually like someone said something interesting about this that kind of got to me it said um like you can make the argument that the way corporate rap represents black women is similar in in the way that, like, like that—that's—I can't even say. Um, 
So it's similar in the way that slave traders or slave owners in the 19th century kind of rep- represented it as well. Which is, that's, that's, that's a topic for another day. But yeah, like you may be asking yourself like, so, so why, why the misogyny? Why the misogyny? Um, again, I think it's that pressure as well to fit into what a gangster rapper was. Like what is a gangster rapper? Apparently a gangster rapper doesn't call women queens anymore. And again, it was like why it was to to assert their false version of masculinity, or should I say, like it was to assert the shadow form of masculinity, because we all know real masculinity does not uh, oppress women like that. And it was also for them to again to 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 demonstrate how authentic a rapper they were. And also, this reflected the mainstream attitudes of black women. And then people end up internalizing these negative stereotypes. And of course, they're like, money money is involved. Of course, money is involved. Like, if they want to make money off these huge record labels, they're going to have to fit into that mode. So rappers use misogyny to achieve commercial success. Like, that's, that's evident. Like, sex, sex sells. And apparently, so does misogyny. Now, I looked more into this, and there's some common misogynistic things that uh, some researchers have outlined in, and say, in rap music videos. Uh, one study found uh, three stereotypes in analyzing African-American women in rap music videos. They found the Jezebel, the Sapphire, and the Baby Mama. Now... Uh, so this study looked at 38 rap music videos and noticed that videos had this ideology of controlling um, the hypersexual Jezebel as well as, you know, I think they also found other themes like uh, themes of agency, independence, and strength and autonomy. Now... Again, like the, the majority of the misogynistic descriptions of black women were dominated by black men, of course, because rap rap is predominantly a black male industry. So that, that makes sense. So it is predominantly black males. So what, what about the women? What about the women? Um, this is this is why I wanted to have like a woman, or this is why I wanted to have like a woman for this podcast, and which is why I am gonna have a woman on this podcast because I don't think I can provide a a, a fully unbiased view on this topic because. A part of me feels like not defending them but kind of trying to explain the situation because you know some people will come at you because you're explaining something and because you're explaining something they think you are justifying it or condoning it and that is definitely not the case 
But anyways, that's side note, side note. I mean, now you can see like even in most music, in most female music, like female artists, they define independence by mentioning like financial stability and also them taking control of their own bodies and sexuality. And in hip hop, there have there there have been female rappers who have used their music to 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 speak out against misogyny in hip hop music. Uh, a good example of this was Queen Latifah with her song Unity. You guys need to check that out. But yeah. Um, and like several several rappers, female rappers have resisted misogyny using their talent. Um, now this includes Lauren Hill, of course. She's like the queen, the queen of hip hop, the queen of rap. She's just like the best. She, uh, that's it. She's the best. <laughs> that's all I can say. But yeah, so Lauren Hill, the likes of MC Light, Queen Latifah, like I said, Salt and Pepper. Missy Elliott and Missy Elliott is a good example of someone who doesn't use their sexuality in their music like it's just it's pure pure talent and creativity and then there's Mary J Blige there was Beth Evans and to some extent Foxy Brown Lil Kim I mean Lil Kim again you can make an argument that she was the first thought I will I will define that later on at some point but if you guys don't know what that means it just means she she used her sexuality a lot in in her music but the thing is she was also talented at the same time so it's like it's like for her she she killed two birds with one stone and I think Nicki Minaj followed the same lines as well again She's using her sexuality, but at the same time, she can rap. She can rap. And I think that's what Cardi B is trying to do as well. I mean, I don't listen to Cardi B much as well. Like, I only listen to the mainstream stuff. Um, and now, recently, she released a song called WAP, which means wet ass kitty. <laughs> With Megan the Stallion, and that that one's that one's caused a lot of controversy. It's caused a lot of uh, a lot of chit chat, a lot of talk. And again, like like what's the difference between the WAP video and Nelly's tip drill video? Uh, that's that's definitely a conversation that needs to be had there. And yeah, hopefully these are. These are uh, these are topics I'm gonna cover in the future as well with uh, uh, a female voice to represent this better than I can. And yeah, and yeah. And while I was, I was researching this, it just I, I got into you know when you're researching something and then you just end up in like this 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 uh, this spiral of research just going down down and just going into different places. And I was reading an article that says male artists, like male artists in America, uh, they, can't, they have like this internal battle within themselves. 
of double consciousness and this was w.e.b du bois's idea which is that it's it's the internal conflict experienced by subordinated or colonized groups in an oppressive society now again this is like he says this was specifically the psychological challenge african-americans experience of always looking at oneself through the eyes of a racist white society and measuring oneself by the means of a nation that looked back in contempt and this term also refers to Du Bois's experience of reconciling with his own African heritage with an upbringing in a European, a European dominated society so this is this is interesting stuff i'll leave that up to you two guys to to research more on that but yeah um anyways thank you for listening so far uh hopefully my voice didn't put most of you off uh and hopefully next time i'll be in better shape to talk about things but yeah that's it um see you guys next time